Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. 2020. So it has been a year for many of us um, of where we've really re-examined our leadership. And, and what I mean, not just like you have direct reports kind of leadership, but, but what leadership have we had to provide in our businesses, in our communities, in our families, and how have those leadership skill sets evolved? And that's what we're gonna talk about today with a leadership coach that has plenty of street cred in, in the leadership space. So we've got Pam Borden here with us. Um, Pam, if you don't know, is a former Gopher women's basketball coach. She took the team to the final four, as she can talk a little bit about that. She is an executive coach, a speaker, an author, a CEO and founder of On Point Next Level Leadership. Do you sleep? I, I sleep more than I did when I was- On the plane? Yeah, <laughs> on the plane. That's good. I'm like, that is quite a list. So she's going she's gonna to share her perspective, especially because she works with so many leaders, on how this leadership skill sets have evolved, especially with what's happening this year. So I would love you, thank you for being here, first off, in your crazy schedule. It's great to be here. Thank you. I appreciate that. I would love you to start with, with what's your journey? What's been your journey to get to where you are today? Well, it's been a great journey and a process. And when I look back, it's been a pretty, um, you know, pretty, it's been a, a great roadmap for me. And so I spent 27 years coaching Division One college women's basketball, had a great career, very fulfilling career, moved around, um, you know, all over the place. And then after 27 years of coaching college women's basketball with the Final Four, Sweet 16s, numerous NCAA tournaments, um, I was still young enough in my career. I'm like, you know, do I want to stay in this or do I want to start doing something else for another 15 years? I didn't think I could coach at that level for another 15 years. It's a lifestyle. It's exhausting. Um, A lot of stress. And it just really kind of consumes your life. Um, I had an executive coach when I was coaching for about three years, and it was very transformational for me. And I became a different leader. I became a different coach, um, better in the sense. And I had such a transformational experience that I decided to go and be an executive coach and get certified and do all those things that you do to be at the top of your profession as as a coach and as a consultant. So... That's a little bit about my journey in a nutshell, and um, I'm continuing to be a lifelong learner, staying curious, staying relevant for all of the complexity in our leaders and our organizations' uh, lives today. Yeah, and I love, you know, most, most people realize that, right? But when you think about being a coach, I mean, coach of the basketball team, you are. You're, you're an executive, you're a coach because you're coaching them as humans and you're coaching them as players, right? And I know that is something that's for sure your legacy um, that I think people from the outside look in and the, the, the humans that you developed, right, on your teams as part of society and their communities and what they're going on and doing. And that's got to be really rewarding for you as well to see them go forward like that. It really is. It, it's really your why. It's like yeah. why you do what you do. It's to make a difference and an impact in people's lives holistically on and off the court yes. as a person as a citizen as a basketball player as a student as a 
what do, what do they want to do when they grow up? So you're really taking them from their parents and molding yeah. them and shaping them and taking them to another level. And as an executive coach, I feel like I'm the I'm doing the same thing just without a ball. Yeah. And molding, shaping on and off the court, yeah. um, holistically, and trying to take my clients and organizations to the next level in this arena that I'm in today as a coach. Yeah, it's awesome. So talk to me. So you've heard me speak about superpowers. So you know how this works is what is a superpower or superpowers that you think you've really leaned on, those things that have helped you get to this point in your success? Well, a few. When you ask me that, there's a number of them that come to my mind, but I think back because I'm in the middle of writing my second book right now on resilience. And so resilience is one of my superpowers because there's so many things um, that we all go through throughout our lives. And especially in the last eight months, we've all been impacted in one way or another at home, at work. Um, And we all have, you know, continue, we all need to continue filling up that bucket and developing our resilience. I would also say my second superpower is my work ethic. And, you know, some people say, you know, I, you know, work harder or work smarter. I've always believed in working harder and working harder and working harder. Um, I've learned to work smarter, um, but that work ethic is, um, you know, really a cornerstone to my upbringing and what, and how I've gotten to where I am today. And the last one is optimism is, I feel like I'm a very optimistic person, um, sometimes overly optimistic. And so I really instill that in my clients today. It's a big part of resilience. It's a big part of mental health. Yes. And really developing that, that competency and optimism is really, really important for all of us. So those are my three top superpowers. Well, you are in the right place to be helping people with, with those right now because they're some of the biggest things that I think people are struggling with. So when you're looking at your clients and you're just looking at the leadership landscape in general, how have you seen kind of what I call true leadership, right? Like truly leading, not managing. How have you seen that evolve over the last year, right? And, and that definition of what a leader looks like now in organizations. How are you seeing that change? Well, it's really changed overnight. It's really being nimble. It's really being able to switch lanes um, every hour, sometimes, yeah. well, I would say every day and then sometimes every hour. Yeah. But it's really, you know, I'm, I'm a big team person, so it's really surrounding yourself with a great team because nowadays you can't make every decision in an organization you have to trust and rely on your people and your teams from your executive team all the way down to middle management the front line so um, emotional intelligence has been has been huge and a big part and a big focus uh, for me with my clients and and uh, resilience is another big thing especially during the last um, eight months yeah so I'm hearing and I'm actually seeing with some of our clients it happening in real time about kind of leaders being born or made during this time and some leaders being exposed, mm-hmm. right? For lack of a better where where maybe they were they thought they were a strong leader and then they couldn't adjust. They couldn't lead their team through this difficult time. Are you seeing that dichotomy kind of start to expose them themselves and, and what's the difference that you're seeing mm-hmm. between those two types of leaders? We, you're absolutely on point, you know, mm-hmm. with that. Um, with a lot of what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of leaders really rise yes. to the occasion. I'm seeing very few leaders that are not up to snuff or not up to, you the know, challenge. the challenge. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you become a leader, a true leader, mm-hmm. 
these are the moments that you dreamt you dream of as a yeah. leader yeah. like it's easy to lead when things are going well and it's easy it's easy like your staff can do that yeah. but during times like this this is when you're like wrenching your hands together and saying okay this is what i have been waiting for a challenge yeah yeah it's i equate it to right they talk about you know leadership in times of peace right is a good thing but leadership in times of war is an absolute necessity and it's almost preparing for the game, preparing for the battle that, that has led you up to it, but you never get the battle, right? You never actually go into battle, and this was a battle for a lot of leaders. And I think that's where it really tested their resolve, and it tested their resiliency. And so you talk about that, and I want some info on the book here. Maybe you need to share some <laughs> of what's going to be in the book with us. But talk about that word resiliency, and, and for leaders that are listening, what does that mean and how do they take it and use it right now with everything we're dealing with? Well, I, I think I really truly believe that resilience has, has, the definition has changed over the last eight months. And, you know, I'm in the middle of writing this book and I feel like the book has taken a couple different directions. <laughs> yeah. And when I look at resilience, uh, the first part of my book is really kind of how I developed resilience growing up and then between the four lines at Williams Arena yep. um, as a professional, as a coach, when thousands of people are watching you do your job every day and then on television, it's, but, you know, it's it's really being able to, to bounce back and move on to the next play quickly. Not tomorrow, not in a week, not in a month, but just being able to, as a leader, as an individual, being able to bounce back immediately from failure, from mistakes, mm-hmm. um, and getting people comfortable and embracing, embracing resilience, embracing failure, embracing taking risks. Yeah. Um, today, I feel like it really is something different. Um, you know, with everything that we've experienced as resilience is, is positivity, resilience is optimism, resilience yeah. is confidence, resilience is, is being a lifelong learner and continuing to grow. Um, resilience is you know, being futuristic and looking out into the future and being excited about the future and having that hope. And, yeah. you know, I think resilience has really um, changed the lens for, for all of us. Yeah, and you bring that up and it makes me think of, so I'm also writing a book and I was editing last night a, a chapter around, you know, a saying I tell myself a lot is faith is an act of courage. And I think what's tested us this last year is, and as leaders, we don't always know what exactly the outcome's gonna be, right? Or exactly the answer that we're trying to solve and we're trying to lead our team through. Sometimes it's foggy. We know where we're going, but we don't know the obstacles and everything we're gonna hit. And there's a bit of faith that needs to be there, right? For you to be courageously stepping into some of that. And that's what resilience, at least for my leadership right now, feels like is you've gotta ground yourself in something that feels steady to help you navigate what no one has ever navigated before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the struggle that a lot of leaders are having right now is this is uncharted territory, mm-hmm. right? I mean, and how we deal with this or what the answer is. And so what would you tell, right, a leader that's that's in a business that's struggling right now or is trying to manage a remote team, which everybody's trying to do, right, and engage and, and strengthen their team during this time? Like, how do they, what tips would you give them? A little free coaching here, if you will. Well, first I would say, stop and take a breath. Yeah. And, you know, trust, trust yourself, trust your, trust your values, you know, know what your values are and kind of get yourself realigned with what those are and take a look around and see if that's, 
if you have people around you that are living those values that you are you know running your company with those values and just trusting yourself and then trusting your people trust your team there's there's not even there's not a more important time than trusting the people that you have around you because you cannot do everything yourself right now do you think that what happened this year has leveled the playing field a little bit in terms of and what i mean by that is we've seen this this phenomenon emerge where because no one knew the answers our biggest political you know leaders across the globe like no one knew exactly what to do on this i mean they took steps but no one knew the right long-term answer no one still knows and i think leaders kind of were almost put kind of next to their people to say let's figure this out together mm-hmm. and do you think that's a new leadership skill that's kind of being developed as people saw like i'm not here up here and you're down here like we're kind of in this together and that's that trust you're talking about mm-hmm. and is that a different skill that's being developed i think it was always there mm-hmm. but do you see that evolving that i think humility and i think it's a skill that's being realized that i need to leverage yeah. more yes and i would say every one of my clients is learning to let go to let go of things to let go of doing letting go of the littlest things that could be bothering them and trusting in their team to to shine and be empowered there's 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 bigger fish to fry than yes. necessarily what they're doing they need they need to rise to the level of the occasion and many are not or they're realizing it now and they have to allow their team to rise to the level of the, of the occasion as well so yeah. that that is that is a big part of what is happening right now. You're right, and as you think about just as humans, not just as leaders, but the the little stuff that used to be big is now like, uh, why are we sweating that stuff? Like we have bigger, you know, and different issues that we need to solve for. And I think it's about perspective, is it's fundamentally shifted our perspective forever, mm-hmm. right? On on what's maybe I hope on what's important, right? And what really matters to us is that self reflection. So if you had to, a, a leader that's listening right now, if they want to double down, they want to read, they want to develop a, you know, the skill for the next few years, like what is that? I think resilience is part of it, but what, what is that one skill that they should focus on to be the best leader they can be? Leaders need to learn to be coaches. Leaders becoming coaches so they can coach their team, they can develop their team, they can train their team. They can create a culture of coaching so they are empowering and making their teams better. So I would say coaching and the, the second one would be is to, and this is part of coaching, is to learn to be a strategic thinker, but then teaching and develop your teams to think strategically. Hmm. Those are the two things that I would, I would challenge leaders. And if they don't know how to do that, then yep. ask for help then get coaching themselves so they can become a coach Mm -hmm. and then they can think more strategically and also teach their teams to be more strategic thinkers. Yeah, because we've got to look further out, right? I think what a lot of teams realize is we can't get caught up in surviving this week or this month is we got to keep the light at the end of the tunnel on. Mm -hmm. And that is empowering your people to think three years from now and to right think bigger because we'll get through this. 
right? And we'll move forward. And, and some of our best, thinking back, some of our best clients, some of the best leaders have been the ones that have kept the focus on the strategy. And they've dealt with the day-to-day stuff. But I think it's hard for a lot of leaders to play both of that right now, mm-hmm. right? Keep the wheels on the bus while we're also trying to figure out where, <laughs> where we're driving the bus. And so that's, it's an important balance for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk a little bit, you brought up coaching, and this is one thing I wanted to get just because of your experience in this space, is how does a leader know if they're a good coach? Because I think there are leaders who think they're good at that. Like, what what are the signs of being a really good coach? How would they know? When other people around them are excelling, mm. and they're, they're reaching their goals, and their team's reaching their goals, and that they are, as leaders, doing different things, that they're doing things at a higher level that they might not have had time to do before. So it's yeah. them being visionaries. It's them being strategic thinkers. It's them planning for the future. It's them coaching and developing their teams and seeing their teams take on different roles, different projects, getting promotions, um, them being able to eventually take over their position. Um, but it's really empowering, inspiring your team. And I would say another way would be retention. You know, individuals and employees want to be coached. They want to be developed, especially those millennials coming into the workplaces. They want to get better. They want a career path and they want to be coached and pushed and challenged. And I think it's a really good reminder for all leaders to take responsibility because it's easy to say, oh, well, Sally's not performing because of X, Y, Z, right? Or that person's not performing but taking responsibility to say they're not performing because I'm not bringing out their strengths, right? I'm not allowing them to bring that to work probably and and to coach them and help them through the situation. So I love that idea. So what is one leadership book that everybody needs to have on their shelf over the next year besides yours? (laughs) And when is yours coming out? Uh, Mine is, well, it depends on my, it depends on when my publisher, they release their books certain times of the year. Got it. So I will be finishing my book um, in the middle of November with the first draft, and then it's going to my content editor, so hopefully by the end of the year. Okay. So I would have to talk to my publisher on the exact date. Okay. So outside of that book over the next year, what's one leadership book that's kind of shifted your perspective or it should be on every leader's shelf? It really hasn't shifted my perspective. It really put uh, about five exclamation points on the end of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And it's really opened up a lot of my clients' eyes because I've given them the same book to read. Mm -hmm. It's a very easy read. You can read it in about an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Patrick Lacone's new book, The Motive. I don't know if you've read that. I have it, but I have all the rest of the books over there on the shelf. This is the new, okay. It's his best book. Really? You know, obviously when that we when we, when we write 10 books, our yes. 11th book's going to be the best one. Yeah. So it's the best book. It's okay. about an hour and a half read, and it's called The Motive, and it's okay. not how you lead, lead or it's not the how and the steps. It's why. It's all about the why. I love it. And his books are fantastic. I call them plane ride reads because you can really read them end to end on a good flight, right? So they're not these books that are going to take you three weeks to get through. Very fable-based. Is this one fable-based? Yes. More of a story Mm -hmm. than it is a, yeah. Okay, it's on my list. That's fantastic. So 
for people who they might know you, but they might not realize how you can help them now, right? <laughs> how can they get more information? Like, where do they go? How can they connect with you if you might be somebody that can help them get to the next level in their leadership? Well, you can always, I'm very active on social media. So LinkedIn is usually the best place okay. to, to get a hold of me. So Pam Borton and just send me a message. And, and you'll actually reply? I, am, I mean, you do I am, to me. I am I really very, I'm very that. responsive. That's awesome. I am a very responsive okay. um, individual. I coach my clients to be responsive and getting back to, to their people, their, yeah. their teams. Uh, okay. So LinkedIn. Perfect. We will make sure and provide a link to Pam. I'm easy to find as well, but make sure and put that in the podcast links. Um, thank you for being here and for having this conversation. Thank you for having me. It's, it's my pleasure and it's a privilege to be here. You are an inspiration to me just in how what you've built and how you've you know started a second chapter. And I'm just really happy to have you in my circle of people who are influencing me to be better. Appreciate well, it. Well, likewise, you, you uh, motivate and inspire me. This is your second career mm -hmm. as well. And mm -hmm. look what you have done and the sky's the limit for you. So thank you. We're going to do big things. We got good things happening, coming. <laughs> <laughs> you All always right. do. We always do. We got something up our sleeve. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, as always. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.